Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. It is just I, Dan, here, bringing you a solo episode for your Week 12 preview of the NFL. I will keep this one pretty quick for you guys today because we already had three games on Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you keep up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at FootballMDPod, where Mike, my co-host, who's missing today, previewed the Thanksgiving games And I'll be wrapping up the week, getting you ready for the remainder of Sunday and the Monday night game between the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. And right before we get down to business, I just want to start with two quick reminders. We still do have Football MD Podcast Breast Cancer Awareness Tees available. Get in touch with us to get yours today. And remember to check out our website for all your football needs at footballmdpodcast.com. We have a ton of writers putting up quality information, quality content on there week in, week out. So make sure you're paying them some love too. They're doing a great job and consistently picking games correctly, winning you money, and also keeping you up to date on what's going on with not only the NFL, but college football as well. Now we'll get right into our week 12 preview, starting off with the Giants at Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously a divisional matchup, but I will expect Philly to win a close one at home, in my opinion. New York has been much better as of late. In fact, obviously getting two back-to-back wins in the previous two weeks. And actually, it plays out at a good time for New York, being that Philly seems to be a little bit down in the past two weeks, losing two straight games. Even still at home, I'm taking Philly in this one. So New York, you can start your studs as far as OBJ, Barkley are concerned. Maybe even squeeze Sterling Shepard into the mix. But that's as far down the depth chart I'll go for the New York Giants. Obviously, we know their offense just has not been very high-powered this season. Philly is obviously facing a great matchup against the New York Giants defense. So start Jeffrey, start Ertz, start Carson Wentz, and even possibly Golden Tate in this matchup. But the guy that I've been pounding the table for, the guy that I'm going to be here to talk to you about today, is none other than Josh Adams, the undrafted rookie running back out of Notre Dame. He is the best remaining halfback on the roster, and he is trending in the right direction. Ten touches last week, seven rushes, three receptions, resulting in 70 yards and a touchdown. With a plus matchup against the Giants this week, I think this is a good week for Adams to really get established as the number one back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Not that I think they're going to go in that direction because I know that Peterson likes to run a committee and a hot hand approach to that position. But at least in this game, I think it's going to play well into Josh Adams' favor. I think he should have a very good week this week. And in our next matchup for the week, the Jaguars travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. My game notes for here is really that I'm shocked the Jags are sitting at 3-7. and seven. The Jags are still a good team on defense, but way worse on offense. It's not a very exciting game as a whole. Not very many offensive weapons on either side of the field, and both defenses are pretty good. So only guy worth starting would really be Leonard Fournette pretty much in the entire game. But you could consider Bortles as a streaming option because the offense can get into a role if Fournette gets going, and it will open passing lanes making it easier enough for even Bortles to throw. So that's obviously how this team is built. Jacksonville is built to 
perform off of Leonard Fournette's production and the run game. They've been missing that with Leonard Fournette back into the lineup now. You're expecting that at least it should benefit the team a little bit for now, if not, you know, get back to what they were hoping to be this season with him in the lineup. As for the Buffalo Bills, I know you drafted LaShawn McCoy high. I am not trusting him. I would keep him and the rest of the Bills out of your lineup this week. As for our next matchup, a much more interesting bout between the Seahawks and the Panthers. Both teams in the playoff hunt in the NFC right now. Seattle at 5-5 five five has a couple of favorable games remaining on the schedule, two of which against the 49ers, one of which against the Cardinals, all three of which should be victories. And if so, would put them in a great position for a wildcard spot as long as they can also take this game in Carolina. Carolina, on the other hand, is sitting with an extra win on top of Seattle at 6-4. and four. But they also have three favorable matchups against the Bucks, Browns, and the Falcons. They also, unfortunately, have two difficult matchups where they have to play the Saints twice in both weeks 15 and 17. So, the winner of this game sets themselves up for finishing at about 10 wins and more than likely a wildcard spot. As where the loser is more than likely looking at more of 9 wins and probably falling just short of the playoffs. For the Seattle Seahawks, Carolina's defense hasn't been very good, allowing 21 or more points in all but one game this season. Ideally, against this defense, you would like to start the running back for the Seahawks. The only problem being, we never really know with the Seattle Seahawks who that's going to be week in and week out. I am putting my money on Chris Carson, being that he does typically dominate the opportunity share. But Penny has been good as of late, and Mike Davis, who was more involved earlier, seems to be fading in the wrong direction. Nonetheless, though, all three running backs will touch the ball, and that'll make it a nightmare for your fantasy teams all day long. So if you don't have to, I wouldn't touch this backfield. Damn you, Pete Carroll, for making us hate the Seattle Seahawks backfield. Just pick one running back and stick with them because you are the highest ranked rushing team in the NFL as per attempt. So you're running more than any other team in the NFL, but you're distributing it too often to too many guys, not allowing us to take advantage of this backfield in fantasy football. And we are absolutely sick of it. On the other hand, in the passing game, you're obviously starting Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin, who seems to be coming on as of late, which is per usual. He typically plays better in the second half of the season as opposed to the beginning of the season. Two guys I would also consider in this matchup are Moore, who is really relying on a touchdown, but it's possible this week with Carolina's defense allowing a decent amount of points per game. And another guy to keep on your radar is Nick Vanette. I'm a fan of his abilities and his talent, and I have been since I evaluated him coming out of college. I think Wilson enjoys using the tight ends as well. We've seen that in the past, and he could be trending in the right direction in a position where help is always needed. The tight end position is very weak. We talk about that all the time. So Nick Vanette is a guy, maybe not to start right away, but somebody to consider keeping an eye on going forward. On the other side of the ball, although 
the Legion of Boom is no more. It seems that Seattle's defense is hell-bent on still being just as good as they ever were because they are still a top unit in the NFL. Really impressing me, playing solid football week in and week out, not making this the juiciest matchup for the Carolina offensive side of the ball. No need to talk about guys like Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. They're obvious starts. But Devin Funches has really been taken out of the passing game with the emergence of DJ Moore and the return of Greg Olson. Both of whom get the start nod this week while Funches should be left on your bench. Just not enough production in recent weeks and he's not getting targeted enough to warrant being started or played. Moving on to the next matchup of the week, the Raiders travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. This is a must-win game for Baltimore, sitting at 5-5 five and five, if they would like to keep their season alive. They cannot lose to the 2-8 and eight Oakland Raiders. And Oakland has nothing to offer from a fantasy perspective. On the other side of the ball, the Ravens really aren't going to offer too much as long as Lamar Jackson is that quarterback. You could use him as a streaming option in a two-quarterback league, but... Realistically, he didn't even throw the ball enough last week to warrant being considered a quarterback. He really just ran the ball 27 times for 116 yards. So, yeah, he might offer you a nice stat line on the ground, but he's not going to offer you quarterback numbers and a quarterback stat line. And until he does, and until we see it, I'm not willing to put him into the lineup. The one guy I would be willing to start is Edwards. Edwards is a undrafted running back out of Rutgers who played more often alongside Lamar Jackson with the twos in practice. Therefore, he has camaraderie and comfortability next to Lamar Jackson, which ended up being beneficial to the Ravens in the long run, giving Edwards the nod over Alex Collins and Jarvis Allen seemed to be the right move. The backfield worked incredibly well, so that's the guy I'm really interested in starting this week for the Ravens. And our next matchup for the week is the 49ers taking on the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. It should be a shootout. Both teams have offensive weapons and are bottom in the league in defense. So not a very exciting game, but could be pretty beneficial for fantasy purposes this week. San Francisco, you're starring Bryda, Kittle, and Goodwin even in this matchup. I wouldn't take a shot on Mullins. That's something I wouldn't do. He had one good week, one bad week. And I definitely am not trusting him right now for my fantasy lineup. And then on the Tampa Bay Bucks side, definitely start Jameis Winston this week. Peyton Barber, Cameron Bray, and Mike Evans. Jackson is always a big play boomer bust guy. So that's up to you whether you want to take that risk. I usually tend to not, but he's always the same thing. In any given week, he can put up a big stat line. And without a doubt, it becomes more intriguing in a plus matchup like this. The most desirable one, in my opinion, though, is Cameron Bright. With O.J. Howard going down, unfortunately, but it is to his benefit. Cameron Bright is the lone tight end now, and the Buccaneers quarterbacks, both of them, tend to use the tight end position. Jameis Winston will definitely utilize Cameron Bright, making him the second-best pass-catching option behind Mike Evans, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Our next matchup slated is the Browns at the Bengals. An AFC North divisional matchup. 
Don't count out the Browns this week. They have been playing much better with Greg Williams. The Bengals need this win to keep their season alive. They're tied with Baltimore at 5-5, five and five, but it's two bad defenses, so offensive weapons get a boost, and really anything could happen in this tight divisional matchup, in my opinion. For the Browns, I would definitely fire up Baker Mayfield this week. He's been much better as of recently. In the past four games, he's thrown nine touchdowns and just two interceptions. So definitely an improvement from where he started in the beginning of the season. And in this matchup, I'm trusting three pass-catching options. That's Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, and Duke Johnson. And for the run game, as you know, it's going to run through Chubb. He is a must-start going forward. He took much longer to come on than I predicted, but I have been on Chubb since the preseason, and now it's time for him to eat. He is the foundation of this new-look offense. Everything runs through not only Chubb, but the running backs, the Chubb and Duke combination. Duke as the pass catcher, Chubb as the predominant workhorse between the tackles running back, and it seems like that's what it should have been all along. On the other side of the ball for the Bengals, Joe Mixon struggles, I believe, will end this week. He has a little bit of a better matchup. The Browns aren't terrible on defense, but they're not that scary either. So definitely a matchup that I think Joe Mixon can take advantage of. The Bengals are home. If they get out to a lead, they can lean on Joe Mixon to really, you know, in the passing game and in the run game, he's an explosive player. So if you're ahead and you have the ability to get him involved, that's really in the best interest of the Bengals anyway especially without A.J. Green in the lineup. Now, that leaves John Ross and Tyler Boyd as the pass-catching options, who I do like Tyler Boyd, but John Ross is more of a boomer bust, big play guy, just like Deshaun Jackson, something that I'm not really a huge fan of relying on in my fantasy lineup. That being said, the team as a whole is a lot less explosive without A.J. Green's big play ability and without him warranting a lot more of the coverage and rotating the defense towards him. So without him in the lineup, this team will continue to struggle. As my co-host Mike has been saying in the past few weeks, I got to give him credit. He's been on top of this, telling me from the very start that without A.J. Green, the Cincinnati Bengals offense would not be the same, and he has been absolutely correct. I'm just hoping that if they can get the big play going, through Joe Mixon on the ground by getting out to a lead early that maybe this offense could get back on track because they were looking pretty good in the beginning of the season and definitely have faltered a little bit without A.J. Green in the lineup. Up next is the Patriots at the Jets. And this is usually a tough divisional matchup. Even if the Patriots dominate in recent history, the Jets usually still do put up a fight, especially at home in this matchup. Unfortunately, I do not think that's going to be the case. I do think Belichick will be way too much for a rookie quarterback, in my opinion. He pretty much eats rookie quarterbacks alive. He will game plan. He will confuse Darnold. And New England, at the end of the season, is much better than in the beginning of the season. And right about now is the time they start hitting their stride and really getting into form and getting prepared to play playoff caliber football. So the rule with this game is simple. Start your Patriots, sit your Jets. It's that simple. Now, New England's offense is so high power. That's a great benefit. But with Tom Brady as quarterback, 
You never know who's going to get the ball. He can spread the ball around to whoever he wants, whomever is open. You'll hear me talk a little bit more later when I talk about Phillip Rivers, but these veteran quarterbacks, that's their benefit. They are not glued to one wide receiver. They're going to go through their reads. They're going to take the open opportunity whenever the defense presents it to them. They're not going to force footballs into tight windows that they're not supposed to be forcing the ball into. So we'll move right on to our very next game. That's the Cardinals at the Chargers. And this is another one with the same rule. It's going to be a one-sided affair. So garbage time really can't start early enough in this game. Expect a dominant performance by the LA Chargers. On the Arizona side of the ball, you have to start DJ. And he could offer you some upside, being that there will be garbage time. They're going to be throwing the ball. Him and Larry Fitzgerald really do give you an opportunity to score at least. But not much else. The Chargers will probably dominate this game on both sides of the football. Therefore, start all of your Los Angeles Chargers. That's Melvin Gordon. You could even consider Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. And you can take a shot on either of the Williams, Terrell or Mike Williams, as long as they're both a go for the game. Now, I am no way, shape, or form saying that everyone is going to get an amazing week and everyone is going to produce from this team. But what I am saying is that the Chargers should be scoring in this one and shouldn't have a problem moving the football. The production will be there. It just depends on who gets it. And with a veteran quarterback like Phil, he won't force it to any one player, but instead take the matchup that best presents itself throughout the game. Our next matchup is between the Steelers and the Broncos. And to me, this is a better game than possibly advertised. The Broncos' strong defense at home against the Steelers' strong offense. I'm still taking Pittsburgh, even on the road. Team's clicking, and they just have too many offensive weapons with a defense that's been improving by the tape week to week. So we'll just quickly cover that side of the ball because I don't think I have to tell you to start these guys. James Conner, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Ben Roethlisberger. All these guys have been lights out for your fantasy team this week. And although it is a little bit of a rough matchup going into Denver against a good defense, they're still just too good and they produce at too high of a level to not start. Denver, on the other hand, I expect to have a much more difficult time. The Steelers defense has been getting better week in and week out. I do love Lindsey in this game, though, because even if they fall behind, he will stay involved in the passing game and in the run game. Unlike Royce Freeman, who is subject to game flow and possibly sitting once they fall behind in a game. Up next is the matchup between the Dolphins and the Colts in Indianapolis. And both teams are 5-5, five and five, but they couldn't be more different. Because the Dolphins won 3 out of their first 4 games, while the Colts lost 3 out of their first 4 games. More recently though, the Colts have won 4 straight. The Dolphins only have 1 win within the last 4 weeks. So the Colts at home, who have been on a roll as of recently and need this to keep their season alive, should be able to do it handedly at home. Miami is very underwhelming. Not excited about anyone on the side of the ball. Not to say they won't put up a fight in this game. They more than likely will, but even if it's competitive on the scoreboard, there's nobody that I really trust in this offense. On the other side of the ball for Indianapolis, their offense is rolling. So continue to rely on Andrew Luck, Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle. I also don't mind taking shots on guys like Eric Ebron and Dontrell Inman because Andrew Luck is just playing out of his mind right now and he is offering you a ton of production that you should be wanting to take advantage of. 
and we just have two more matchups left to go in the preview show. The Packers at the Vikings is our Sunday night primetime game, and I'm picking the Vikings at home. I think they need this one to keep their season alive and to get a win in primetime after losing last week would be huge. One of those games that could be very productive for fantasy football on both sides. Green Bay, I don't need to talk to you about Rodgers, Jones, and Adams. Their start every week. But MVS is really the only other option. That's Valdez Gantling, who I would consider. He's been hot and cold, but if he's going to be the number two wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, he is definitely worth a start. And I'm not trusting Jimmy Graham with that broken thumb, so I would keep him out of the lineup. On the other side of the ball for the Minnesota Vikings, the run game has been very disappointing in my opinion. I would still start Cook, but it's not the run game that we expected before the season by any stretch of the means. And still relying on Kirk Cousins, Diggs, and Adam Thielen. Kyle Rudolph has really not been very good this season, but in such a weak tight end position, taking a chance on him isn't necessarily a crazy thing to do. And in our Monday night primetime game, the Tennessee Titans take on the Houston Texans in Houston in an AFC South divisional matchup. Usually, a divisional matchups are tough, hard-fought games, and I actually don't think that this will be the case here on Monday night. I'm picking the Texans to dominate at home. Who are the Titans really? We really don't know. The team that stomped the Pats 34-10 or the team that got stomped by the Colts 38-10. I'm betting on the 38-10 loss to the Colts being their real selves and the Texans are a different team since week two matchup in Tennessee they've won seven games straight so Tennessee I wouldn't be too excited about anybody on this side of the ball but take a shot on Lewis and Davis they are in prime time and someone's got to score points for the Tennessee Titans even if they don't do it often so I would definitely try Lewis and Corey Davis if anybody then on the Houston side of the ball, you're starting Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Kiki Kuti, in my opinion. Still waiting on Demarius Thomas's role to kind of become more clear before we get him into our lineups. I would hold him out for the time being. And then Lamar Miller. He has a tough matchup. You can start him as a high-volume running back this week, but don't expect large production numbers. He might give you a little added boost if... The Texans go out to an early lead, and he gets to play from in head, which is totally possible at home on Monday night. But I'm still not expecting a huge stat line from Lamar Miller come Monday. And that is all we have for you today. Enjoy the games tomorrow, and remember to stick with us for all your football needs at FootballMDPod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or just visit our website at FootballMDPodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Good luck tomorrow and enjoy the games.